0: On YouTube. Hey, this is Jack Coleman here. You are listening to TV Confidential with Ed Robertson. Ed Robertson, Lothar guest, Randy West. Randy has spent more than 30 years in television as an announcer on talk shows, award shows, and game shows hosted by the likes of Dick Clark, Wink Martindale, Chuck Woolery, Bob Eubanks, Howie Mandel, and Bob Barker, while he was mentored in the television business by legendary announcer Johnny Olson. Randy's latest book, TV Inside Out, Flukes Flakes, Feuds and Felonies is a smorgasbord of backstage stories about celebrity dysfunction that also provides insight into the mystery and occasional misery of stardom and how some television performers have managed to overcome the trappings of stardom and maintain a happy, functional, and satisfying life. Among the many stories that Randy reveals in TV Inside Out is why beloved cartoon voice June Foray was on President Nixon's famed enemies list, Why the mob nearly put out a contract on Desi Arnaz. Why Danny Thomas pulled a gun on director John Rich on the set of Make Room for Daddy. And the one person in the world who did not like Betty White. TV inside out available hard copy. Hard hard copy. Hard hard copy. That's, That's a Freudian slip right there because hard copy was a gossip show. Hard cover and paperback through Bear Manor Media as well as amazon.com. You can learn more about Randy West at tvrandywest.com. You've worn many hats in your career in television. We mentioned you're you're currently announcing Big Brother. You've announced many network game shows for CBS alone. Uh, You've also done audience warm-up Uh, as well as hosted shows of your own. I just watched the episode of Mrs. Maisel, Mm -hmm. where Midge um, is is hired as the warm-up act for uh, Sophie Lennon's game show. Yes. And that's an illustration of what not to do when you're a warm-up comic. You're supposed to be funny, but not so funny that you upstage the talent. That's a very difficult thing to do.
1: Well, that is rule number one: never be funnier than the show. Mm-hmm. I learned warm up from Johnny Olson, the original. Come on down, guy. That's right. announcer on a, a zillion television shows. If the name doesn't ring a bell, the voice does for mm-hmm. any TV viewer from the last half century. YouTube um, folks, look him up. Johnny mm-hmm. was, you know, told me the job is not comedy. The job includes comedy. Mm-hmm. It also includes. Den mother, uh, you know, daycare center worker, uh, uh, psychologist, uh, you know, every, everything that's required to bring a bunch of strangers to unite. Here's the whole concept of audience warm-up. First of all, it always falls to the announcer, it seems, because mm-hmm. if you hire an outsider, you have to pay them a full salary. Mm-hmm. If you hire a cast member, someone who's already employed as talent on a show, Uh, suddenly you can get away paying a a tiny stipend above their initial salary so becoming an announcer on a game show required the skill of audience warm up thankfully I I learned from the best you know here's the bottom line of the whole thing it's not about being funny and god forbid you upstage the show in fact you don't really want to be particularly funny you just want to be happy enough to put people at ease and have them giggle a little bit the secret behind warm up is to take a bunch of strangers and turn them into a family mm-hmm. of sorts. Uh, if you and I were in a movie theater and something funny happened on the, t- the movie screen, there were other people in the theater. I might give, shoot you to the elbow. Hey, hey! Did you see that? Quietly. <laughs> but if we were in the living room watching the same movie, mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Holy jeez!" <laughs> Be laughing and you know, clinking beer bottles or whatever we'd be doing. The idea because you are strangers, you're inhibited with you know, people you don't know around, you're respectful. But if you can break down in 15, 20, 25 minutes the inhibitions of people and have them interact with each other like that, that's what you're looking for. Then they will laugh when they find something funny, or they'll ooh and ah and ah and applaud and be boisterous, if you will, outstanding, out you know outstanding with their their comments and reactions and that's really the secret breaking down inhibitions and Johnny Olson taught me a great many ways to do that uh, that were uh, it's fascinating. So it's, it's a psychology gig more than just a comedy gig. And when you talk about uh, the amazing Mrs. Maisel, uh, you, that episode is hysterically <laughs> funny because she gets in a, a fight, you know, talent versus talent. It is. With the, with the star. There's another great movie to see with a similar scene in it, and it's Mr. Saturday Night.
0: Oh, yeah, with Billy Crystal.
1: With Billy Crystal. If you recall, Billy's a comedian. He falls on hard times. His agent gets him a gig doing audience warm-up at a game show. Hosted by Shadow Stevens in the movie, Mm -hmm. and he self-destructs. You know, it's very funny to watch him mishandle the job, uh, how not to do it like Midge does.
0: Johnny Olson is one of the many television uh, personalities, uh, television performers that Randy talks about, writes about in his love letter to the television industry called "TV Inside Out," which is available right now, hardcover and. Paperback through Bear Manor Media as well as Amazon.com. You can learn more about Randy TV, RandyWest.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Randy's other books happen to include a biography of Johnny Olson. You mentioned Johnny was your mentor. Um, How how did you first meet him, and at what point did you realize, or did you both realize, that there was a mentorship going on here?
1: Well, this is an amazing story to have lived, and I think it's quite interesting to hear. I was a kid you know ever since i watched peter pan as like a two-year-old or however eight whatever age i was mary martin had an nbc show they ran periodically over and over again where she's flying <laughs> up the air. Yes. Da, da, da. Yes. i saw that as an infant and at the end of the show i jumped off a chair fell of course on my face on the living room and started to cry because i wanted to fly it seems like what was inside that box with glass on the front of it. It was more than an appliance or a piece of furniture. It was a magic window into a whole world that I loved. So I would cut classes as a teenager and go down, take the subway. Growing up in New York, I could go down to 30 Rock, and on any given day, they're taping multiple television shows in those days, especially. Uh, And here's a ticket, sure. And you could go and watch pretty much anything tape. And I would The first show I walked into was a program called Snap Judgment on NBC. There was Mrs. Miller, the the cranky old lady that Mose Griffin and uh, Jack Parr used to joke about. Mm -hmm. They put her on camera and had her speak so many times she had to join the union, which is quite interesting. Uh, So uh, here comes this stranger out uh, in front of all these people who've been standing in line for an hour and have a little bit of that New York attitude. Wow, God, where do I put my umbrella? This place is whatever, you know. And he'd come, <laughs> and he'd run up the aisles and plant kisses on the, on the faces of old women and sit in people's lap and do a dance. And everybody was suddenly within, it seems, moments, I mean, seconds, just in a festive mood. He just created magic in the air he had a gift and he truly loved people and it showed and uh, at one time uh, going back and back and back he recognized me as a frequenter of the shows and i'll tell you how it was interesting is uh, most people come into a theater they want to sit in the middle so they can see everything uh, once i saw johnny Olson do his act i wanted to see him more mm-hmm. than anything else So I would find a seat way off to the far left of the audience or the far right, the extreme, because that's where the announcer stands. You could see the microphone stand, and I knew that's where he was going to end up. So I could always sit front row right in front of him because nobody wanted those seats way off to the edge. So one day he says, who wants to get me a cup of water? A few hands went up. I raised mine. He picked me. And he said, well, I'm coming in on stage, here's the cup. Now, listen, go get some water, but uh, go down that hallway. Over oh, you see over there off to the right? All right, go down that hallway, go up two flights, then make a left. you see the water fountain, but don't get that water. That water is no good. Uh, get down the elevator, then go up to the fifth floor, and you make a hard right. And he started to give me these directions that, of course, cannot be followed. It's a joke. So I'm like... Uh, looking puzzled like I'm trying to remember it all and then he says "All right, now go get my water (laughs) so I walk across the stage with this cup and there's obviously no way to follow those directions it was Mm -hmm. comedy so I just stood in the wings what the hell do I do now and then he finally says where's that kid with the water (laughs) now I'm in show business about 8 seconds not even and I realize that's a cue for me to do something so I walk back onto the set, having gotten no water, of course. And as I'm crossing to him, he says, Hey, don't trip over the cable. And as he says, don't trip over the cable, I made like I stumbled, yes. like, I, like I had tripped. And like I had spilled the water, apparently, because when I gave him the cup, it was empty. He mm-hmm. held it upside down and humiliated <laughs> me. Now, you couldn't even get me a cup of water. You spilled it all. What is that? Go back to your seat. So I, like, hang dog, I guess is the expression, mm-hmm. you with know, my the tail between my legs and hung my face in shame and shuffled across the front stage and went back to my seat and everybody started to laugh it was cute it was funny i was 13 years old which i guess helped to make it funny and when that audience started to laugh and it was lovingly for me i w- it was like being you know hit by a, a an atom bomb yeah. wow what a feeling it's it's like a hug you can only get from strangers. It, I can't describe it. When, when 300 people laugh or applaud, there's an energy to it. When you know it's directed at you, that's just, Jesus, it's, it's, it's heroin for the soul, I guess. And that was the moment I, I knew what I wanted to do. Long story short, well, too late for that. <laughs> I would go back and see Johnny, and he would do, who wants to get me the water? And I would get up get the cup. He would give me different directions, do different stuff. Where's that kid with my water? I would start across the stage. And it was all different every time. He was doing improv comedy. The guy had been on in television for 50 years, so this was no great challenge to him. He'd been an entertainer in vaudeville, for, you know, for goodness sake. So this is no challenge to him. But to me, I'm like, oh, geez, what do I do? He's slowly teaching me improv comedy. And uh, at the end of the shows, I would sit and talk with him, and he's like, All right, let's sit down over here and take me back to his dressing room or whatever. He left New York. I was still there in 1972. They hired him to come to do the revival of The Price is Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been on the air for 50 plus years. And I was in New York still finishing college. Well,. He had encouraged me, and we had also exchanged letters when there were 3,000 miles between us. When I finally moved to L.A. in 1979 with a radio job, I went down to CBS here. It had been seven years since I'd seen him, and I just, uh, hey, Johnny, I wanted to, he's Randy. (laughs) This guy remembered me from the age of, you know, 14, 15 to 20-something, I was enra- in. was amazed. Now we're t- talking on a different level. Uh, you know, we're going to dinner together and that kind of stuff. And he taught me everything he did, why he did it, how he did it. And uh, never took, got me a job. That wasn't the point. But he was clearly a mentor, so generous. He had no kids of his own, which might have played into that. And he recognized somebody who was truly in love with the medium of television. And that somehow fed this generous wellspring of information knowledge and passion and the story gets even crazier i'll give it to you the briefest version possible he died in 1985 i lost a dear friend 1999 14 years later i mean he's he's forgotten in a sense but the phone rings are you the randy west who knew johnny olson i'm like what the hell could this be about well we're penny olson the wife's nephew And she's going into a nursing home. We're closing out Johnny and Penny's home. And there are letters from you. He kept my letters? Wow. Wow. There are also a lifetime, 58 years in the business, uh, of mementos and and things that he kept. uh, And we don't really know what to do with it. It doesn't have any hard value. You know, it was personal stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're looking for a good home. Would you be willing? I don't even let them finish the sentence. I'll be right over (laughs) And there was no place to go, we'll ship it to you, don't yeah. worry about it. When that all came, and it was mountains of uh, old microphones, an Emmy Award, uh, scripts from The Price is Right, scripts from earlier shows, everything that was important to somebody that you could put into three boxes of a lifetime, uh, included a autobiography, a, a, the outline for a book he planned to write about his career and the things he had seen. And, of course, reading what he had written was fascinating to me, and there was enough of an outline and an understanding of what he was trying to write that I finished the book, and that's the Johnny Olson book of which you speak. It's really his book, finished the way I think he would have liked to, and, of course, updated for how the industry uh, continue to evolve after his presence. Johnny Olson, a voice in time. And then it gets even crazier, if you're still with me, it could take one more little uh, add-on to this.
0: This is the Randy West Show, take your time.
1: Yeah, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> in which case, I'm going to ask for more money. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1999, I get his materials, and uh, the next couple of years, I write the book. 2003 comes along. I get the phone call of phone calls. Uh, There's an opening at The Price is Right for the job that Johnny Olson had once done. It had gone since to Rod Roddy, and now Rod Roddy is ill, and would you be willing to substitute? By this point, of course, obviously I have have a track record and a resume and become a known commodity in the game show world. So here I am. The story ends with me standing where Johnny Olson stood at the podium, he stood at, saying the words that he created, "Come on down," and wearing his old CBS badge from when he was at that studio at that show, which amazed the people that I worked with. Where the hell would you have gotten that? Huh? And I told the story. And the first day I was doing this job, I, I did my audience warm-up act as I had always done, and. I look over my shoulder and the producer of the show, Roger Davkowitz, and some of his staff are looking at me quite intently and I'm like, well, okay. They want to consider me for full time, I guess, and they're evaluating my job. I look over my shoulder and suddenly there are more people watching me and then more people watching me. I go about my business, doing the warm-up, focused on the audience, nothing else. And then the warm-up leaves right into the uh, program itself because you don't want to lose the, momen- the momentum. And we're going in 10 seconds. Can you go in 10 seconds? I can't. It takes me longer. All right, now let's fix your hair, lick your lips, uh, lick your own lips, sir, and we're on the air. And, yeah. you, and bang, you know, you go right into it. At the end of the hour of television, I went over to the boss, Roger, and I said, what were you all looking at? It just it was a little off, you know, nervy. What, 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 was, what was I doing? He says, You don't understand. You were channeling Johnny. We all agreed you were channeling Johnny. And i went, well, what do you mean? He says, well, nobody has been down with the audience like that. Rod used to do his warm up from on stage, and that audience, had, you know, is a pit. The uh, this audience is, is lower than uh, the stage level. And you were down there with them, talking with them and touching them and dancing with one or two of them. And all that stuff was very similar to the stuff Johnny did. And I said, well, none of it was his material, per se, but he said, well, we know that. We heard his acts thousands of times. But it was so. You know, so such a from the same mold. It was so so, such a flashback that we just couldn't, you know, couldn't stop watching you. So uh, yes, I did the job at The Price Is Right for something like eighty episodes, and and uh, and stayed with Fremantle for The Price Is Right Live. So it was my entree into the family for many, many, many years.
0: Johnny Olson, A Voice in Time by Randy West, available Bear Manor Media, as is Randy's latest book, TV Inside Out, Flukes, Flakes, Feuds, and Felonies. Randy will be back next week for part two of our conversation. Among other things, we'll learn about the role that Dom DeLuise played in getting the newlywed game on the air. Plus, we'll circle back to a poignant moment that randy and i shared together although we didn't know it at the time at the game show congress in 2009 that randy talked about earlier randy west will join us for part two of our conversation next week on tv confidential to learn more about randy TVrandywest.com. tony Figueroa and donna allen will join us for this week in tv history right after this One more item, our friend Chuck Harder, Mr. Entertainment, recently performed an hour of song at Sideshow Books in Los Angeles. A few weeks back, I was in the audience that night, and Chuck gave us a wonderful evening of stories and songs. Check it out on YouTube for free. Chuck Harder, in-person Sideshow Books on YouTube. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear